0: Hello everybody and welcome back to FanBites' Premiere RPG Podcast 99.0 potions. That's right. John got his married ass out of here to tour the International Space Station. I hear there's water on the moon, and they needed somebody as uh, smart and wonderful as him to go investigate it. He is calling into us right now um, via, you know, satellite um, communication, so he can hear everything that we're saying. So, but we can't hear anything that he's saying. It's kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a fun situation. We we thought we would just like kind of let him kind of sit in on this one. So. You know, it was important. It was important to him. And, uh, you know, also, while we're here, though, it's just me and Natalie.
1: Yeah. But me and you is like a great combo as John goes on to bigger and better things in life. Right. And at like least for this episode. Yeah. Like the moon. He he leveled up while we are still in our starting RPG right. hub.
0: Like yeah. a true RPG character. He had to go to the moon to kill God. Um, yeah. I make sure be- to
1: tell him though, like if you see Gareth Svakerian there, just just mm. let him know like <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm
0: exactly. waiting for him. <laughs> Uh, this is what happens when the, uh, when again, John is left and we are left with only the Hotions here for 99 potions. So uh, thanks everybody for joining us. We are back at it again this week. It's the last Wednesday of the month, October 28th, 2020, which means that we are engaging with Natalie's uh, very fun project, her baby, the News Quest. Which is where we talk about all of the kind of major news releases and things that are going on in RPGs right now and things that are about to go on in RPGs uh, in the near future, which uh, if you've uh, been living under a rock for the last couple of months, you will know, or you will not know, rather, that in the next two weeks we're going to be getting a set of new consoles to mess around with, so uh, news uh, is happening, but there aren't a lot of new releases as we wait for the new uh, consoles, especially since uh, I think the biggest news story it just happened yesterday and a lot of people again might have already heard this cyberpunk 2077 a uh next gen game and a current gen game is delayed uh, again
1: <laughs> By, yeah. like
0: what what is it another three weeks or something
1: uh yeah to december 10th so it was originally wow. gonna be released like mid-november and so it was delayed like 21 days that's that's a lot of Extra crunch time yeah. for these developers. Um, something that will that will become apparent as we go through our planned news stories, because usually what we do in our news class is that each one of us picks one RPG story that we really want to focus on and we go around the table to tell y'all about it. But since John isn't here, Steve yep. and I figured <laughs> we should hit just a bunch of different RPG stories just to make sure that you're caught up on the latest of RPG news. And Absolutely. so one thing that will be, I think, quite clear throughout or like a, a common thread throughout the news stories we will hit is that there are a lot of delays
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's getting to delay season, honestly, as we get close to the end of the year and different developers need to blink on like, well, are we putting this out at the same time as this other big game that didn't get delayed? No. okay, we'll delay it two weeks or whatever so we don't get completely buried by. Well, I mean, in this case, I'm sure there were probably a lot of games that chose their uh, release windows based on Cyberpunk, which are now moot, uh, as it turns out. But uh, yeah, it's a weird situation all around because this is like the fourth delay third third or fourth delay that they've had I'm yeah, actually not certain I anymore I mean
1: the last cyberpunk story that I wrote was um the CEO saying we will definitely not delay this and I made sure <laughs> to include in that story anything is possible and things are still subject to delay and so yesterday when this was announced via Twitter which uh, according to Jason Schreier and as I have heard from someone involved with the game people also like anyone besides upper management only found out via Twitter or right before right. like the announcement was made. Including um, like
0: their social media person because that was like the thing going around um, yes, yesterday was the like the
1: day before a social... The the person who runs their social media had (laughs) replied to someone saying no delays like for sure just confirmed like because I think it was someone that had told them hey I took the week off or you I'm about make to take sure- the week yeah. off uh, yeah. or that,
0: that day off like can you confirm to me that it's not going to be delayed again um, beforehand <laughs> yeah. and and then the social media person replied I think that they just didn't have to do I think is the important thing there they could have just not yeah. said anything and this wouldn't have been an issue at all but no they were like no more yeah. delays it's set in stone literally yeah. 24 hours later there's another yeah and <laughs> that
1: speaks to just how everyone Besides upper management is kept out of the dark, I would say. Like I'm sure that social media person was updated, was one of the last ones to be updated oh, yeah, on yeah, that. Because yeah, sure. I <laughs> if I knew in advance, I would have never replied to this random tweet from oh, exactly. <laughs> who knows, just saying, like, yeah, no delays, absolutely. Um, but In fact, it has been delayed to December 10th, um, and the issue seems to be getting the game to work on current-gen consoles. Uh, During a conference call after the announcement, CD Projekt Red CEO Adam Adam Kisinski I apologize, Adam, if I pronounced that wrong. Adam Kisinski stated that the PC version of Cyberpunk 2077 is ready and that it plays well on next-gen systems, but the company is focusing on polishing current-gen editions um, and yeah. he said the decision was not easy, but we know there is just one release and the first impression is crucial. So in the long run, the decision is beneficial. Um he said that having these three more weeks gives us a chance to fix this and that, but um I'm not quite sure.
0: Um, yeah. Like what thi- yeah. <sighs> this game had gone gold. Like this it, game has it gone gold. Yeah. It is pressed like the discs are pressed like this game is going to start leaking soon because mm-hmm. those those copies are almost certainly out in the wild somewhere or about to be. Mm-hmm. And we're going to probably see what the broken version of this game looks like. What kind of uh, delays happen? Like delays are, are just certainly a, especially a in the
1: COVID-19 era. We are, like especially in the COVID nineteen era, oh, like we're yeah. very understanding of that. Um, but it, it's just so significant because n- not just because the game is so anticipated, but mostly because it had already gone gold. You don't really, you don't really see that, and it never um,
0: happens. Yeah, for
1: our listeners who might not know what going gold means, can you explain that, Stephen?
0: Yeah, it's basically kind of what I hinted at a minute ago, which is that, like, the game was in a state that they deemed good enough to be pressed onto retail copies, like physical uh, discs <laughs> to send out to retailers. Um, and that means that those game that game probably exists in some form that is probably on trucks or boats or something, you know, whatever it is that people are using in COVID. I actually have no idea <laughs> how uh, stuff is being transported right now, How how that's affected things, but... <laughs> presumably that game is going to be getting out there into the wild soon and like crates are going to start falling off of trucks and um, people are going to start getting like their hands on this thing. And we're going to see what the like pre post release patch zero day patch. I don't even know what they um,
1: that's going to be a big one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: what that's going to look like. So we'll probably get to the look at that and get to get some idea of like what they thought was so broken about this game that they needed to delay it three weeks after it had gone gold because that just doesn't happen. That's like so, I, don't, I can't think yeah. of another time that that's ever really happened, especially not for a game of this size. If anything, yes. sometimes, you know, it's kind of a, it, it's also rare, but I've, I've heard more stories in the past of games getting the release dates pushed up after they've gone gold because they're like, yeah, we'll just put it yeah. out early. It's done. So like, yeah. we'll, we'll do that now. Um, this is also noteworthy, I think, because, uh, Cyberpunk has had some infamous issues with crunch and for like mandatory crunch, forcing developers into, um, uh, forcing developers into what Jason Schreier once again described as like 100 hour work weeks that he was hearing during all this stuff. Like yeah. a delay in this case does not mean, uh, oh, they're delaying it and the people are going to be able to relax some cause they have more time to work on it. A delay in this case means three An more weeks of crunch. Extended death march. Yeah. Yeah. And that um, is
1: just absolutely horrible to think of. Um, for sure. Of course, it's it's a nuanced issue, and there has been a lot of discourse about crunch, especially as it pertains to Cyberpunk 2077, um, but at the end of the day, it... It is important to keep in mind that rumors have been flowing around in terms of, like, since January of this year, um, it has been an extremely intense crunch session for these developers. And so I can only imagine the feeling of logging onto social media and seeing that the game you... Uh, you know, it's not like these developers will stop crunching once the game is released, right? Like no, that just does not happen doing anymore. Doing more
0: patches, there'll be w- probably, there will hopefully be some kind of vacation window there before people start working on like post-release content or maybe that's like a different team. I don't quite know how that works at CD Projekt Red. I just don't have enough of inroads with them. But yeah, presumably they're going to continue working on this game because once a game goes out to the public, like it, like there are bugs that you find in development and then there are bugs Like, you know, there's the concept of known shippables, which are bugs Mm -hmm. that are annoying, but not so bad that, you know, you have to delay a game around or or cancel a game over or whatever um, Mm -hmm. that you then in modern context, you usually um, work to fix after release, you know?
1: Absolutely. And I'm just like, I'm thinking of those employees who logged on to Twitter yesterday and we're like, oh, wait, the game is... Yeah. delay. It's it's another three weeks of this.
0: And, and, and that's another <laughs> weird thing is that they didn't know. Like they, they nobody, didn't told know.
1: nobody told them. No, nobody told them. Like I mentioned, happening? someone someone that I trust and know very well, they were like, yeah, I, I found out this morning and I'm just preparing for a lot of angry emails about yeah, it. I bet. And that is that's wild there's there's nothing like this game and its development and the fact that it is being delayed after going gold like we said that just does not happen um i i do understand the whole uh you know that the decision must have not been easy and that the first impression is crucial it just it makes me think of for example an e- I don't know if I would say if it was equally anticipated, but Mass Effect Andromeda was such an anticipated game game for so many people. And of course, like that first week of all the memes and the gifs Mm. and like of all the bugs and the glitches that really impacted what was, I feel like it was an okay game that could have done okay if yeah. it weren't for all those bad impressions. So I I understand the philosophy behind it, but it just, it reeks of bad management, bad leadership. Um, just the fact that all these years, this game has been worked on and you have to wonder, is there a need for a game to be so intricate and big and well, And we don't even compact. know how intricate
0: it actually is or how yeah. much this is. My, one of my Not theories even, but what am I? Not even worries. I don't even know what the right term would be. Speculation? What's that? Like speculation? Speculation. One one thing I speculate about is like how much of this game is just like it is buckling under the weight of its own hype and yes. new expectations that have been set by games like Mass Effect Three, honestly going back that far, and Mass Effect Andromeda. Um in the like uh back community backlash, this sort of thing, this idea that like things need to live up to a certain standard, and like this game is like one of the most hyped things uh in the on the planet. Uh, In terms of like new video game release, certainly for this year, uh, it has like a like absolutely rabid fan base for a game that's not even Mm -hmm. out yet. and doesn't have Mm -hmm. like like it's not a sequel to anything, Um, Mm -hmm. but people are really, really anticipating this game. And it seems like every time they show more of this game, it just looks more and more. Um, like a real thing. It looks mortal, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Where you see these trailers for their like that, um, God, that weird like Detective Vision thing that they had, or those gang trailers or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, this looks like a video game. You made some really shitty decisions about the ethnic stereotypes in this thing, and also Mm -hmm. I've played games with Detective Vision in them before. It just feels like this game is going to be like, yeah, it's going to come out and it's going to be a video game, which it was always going to be because that's what video yes. games always are. It's like, no matter how hyped you get for a game, it's always going to come out and it's always going to be relatively similar to something you have played before. Um, but the expectations have climbed and climbed and climbed. And I almost wonder if like, the people in, like, a management position are the ones that are, like, super terrified of actually putting this game out into the wild and then having expectations meet reality in that way and have the game not live up to the expectations. Which, like, even if this game is the best game in the world, it's never going to live up to the expectations is the thing.
1: Absolutely. And CD Projekt Red in particular has a reputation for being very consumer-friendly. Like, they really gained that reputation when they released, like, so much free DLC for The Witcher 3 Mm -hmm. and those expansions were relatively cheap and offered, like, they were the size of an, an entire game on their own, um, the two expansions that the Witcher Three had, and so those ever were since free, then,
0: but those were cheap. Yeah,
1: yeah, they were pretty cheap, like especially for the content that yeah. we got, and like it was really great content and just really expansive. And so I think, I think CD Projekt Red has it has dug itself into this hole where, like you said, it it might be buckling under the expectations because I feel like especially I, I think every Game company or at least most game companies suffer from this tendency to try to appeal to gamers and their consumers. Like as if like it's a parent trying to gently tell a child like, hey, we're not going to go to Disneyland this year. Sorry. Right. Um, but I've, I I read it more than ever from CD Projekt Red and its statements like at least the statement from yesterday started off with please accept our deepest most humble apologies and so that that expectation that the player base and the really rabid fans of this game have like those expectations i i'm sure are just creating a lot of pressure and i'm sure it's just a case of you know they might have something good you know there's a lot of talented developers working on this but they always want to improve it make it bigger better and so it just keeps getting pushed back and i can only imagine how frustrating that must be for other really hardworking and brilliant people working on this um, because it might not feel like they'll ever reach this state where they can meet the expectations of the player base, which they won't ever really. Like you said, it's It's
0: there's no perfect
1: game. It's just impossible. And Um, and it
0: gets scarier mm -hmm. and scarier to, to fall short of those expectations as like fandom as a concept becomes this like all consuming, like online thing, especially as people are, you know, at home. We talked about this a lot last week, um, you know, people cooped up at home and like more online than ever. And we were already kind of trending in that direction. And we've seen this happen again. Mass Effect is such a good example of like that was a game where the backlash uh, to the ending of Mass Effect 3 was such that EA buckled and said, like, yep, you're right. Um, we are going to uh, change the ending of Mass Effect 3. And it was such a watershed moment of like, um, <laughs> I guess, putting the like, <sighs> like, like saying to online angry people, like, yes. Shouting at the developers and giving death threats because you didn't like um, how a story beat went uh, is is an effective tactic to get what you want, and that that DNA has spread and you know been spread by other examples of that same thing happening or things similar to it. I mean, the Snyder Cut is in a very similar vein as this, mm-hmm. and if I'm CD Projekt Red, I'm I'm sure there are people on that team that are very cognizant of this thing as a as like a, a problem, and I think that that pr- has to play. Some kind of role in how they are producing this game and publishing it. And I don't think that, um, con- like feature creep or whatever would be the way to do it. I'm, I'm, uh, the, this is getting into speculation now because I, I don't know why they've, um, Uh, delayed it like as many times as they have. This is just what I uh, suspect in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways is that just I bet that like this game is uh, I bet there is a lot of fear on the side of the developers that this game is going to come out and they are going to get a lot of hate from a lot of people (laughs) because expectations have been set so high uh, partially due to their like you know their own like uh, promises and stuff like that and also partially just because people online are wild and uh so yeah <laughs> and like again, like I'm, um I'm, I'm, oh sorry mm-hmm.
1: Oh, sorry. So no, you go
0: ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I'm personally deeply skeptical about the game because, again, everything they show about it is like, oh, here's a here's a transphobic tweet. Oh, here's a here's a racist, a racist stereotype. Oh, stereotype, here's like a, a you got to hear both sides when it's the white people gang. <laughs> and yeah. Like it's uh, every like they just need to shut up. I'm I the game whatever. I, I I think we talked about this on Fan with yesterday. Even like the game is whatever. Like it's gonna come out. I'm sure there will be things I like about it. I'm sure there will be a lot I don't. Like about it but whatever i'm just tired of hearing about it and talking about it i just want it to be out and to to stop like I, i just want it to like become something concrete that people can actually talk about instead of talking about talking about it you know
1: Exactly, yeah. And like you said, um, going back to your point about how fandom has evolved, especially with the accessibility that social media has provided us, um, senior game designer at CD Projekt Red, Andrzej Zawadzki, he posted earlier today a tweet that says, this is one of the mildest messages some of us got. They were far, far worse. Every single one is being reported. We will not let it go through. Do not treat it lightly. Do not ignore it. It is serious. Um, and so in the screenshot, it's a picture of three messages that a stranger, p- presumably a fan, quote unquote, of CD, Project Red, and uh, Cyberpunk 2077, a game that has not come out yet. Uh, messaged him I know where you live bro release the game or you're finished release cyberpunk or you and your family will be persecuted I will burn you alive if you don't release the game and that is just I, I can only imagine how scary that is like this is a father this is a family Man, um, this is a person, and the fact that people on the team are getting death threats of this level over a game that has not been released yet—that yet. they do not, they don't know really anything about—in terms of comparing what we have seen to the scale that this game must have and everything in it, we know nothing in comparison. Um, so it's just—it's unbelievably fucked that uh, they are getting these threats and. Every delay is only further making people angrier and making them lash out like this. And ultimately, it is the fault of these people acting out like this. Like, it is not the fault of the developers, especially the overworked developers who just have to keep crunching on this game. (sighs) Um, yeah. And so it's it's just, it, it's a lot. It, it was a big deal. Um, part of me was immediately like, oh, well, the elections are coming up. So at least I don't have to deal with these two things that will really mentally stress me out in close proximity to each other. But at the same time, I'm thinking what you're thinking and what kind of shepherd um our very own kind of shepherd wrote in his news piece on the announcement which was like i would really like for this to get out already so that i can stop hearing about it um right. or at least i won't stop hearing about it for a good while because there's going to be game of the year discussions which a lot of people were pointing out yesterday um beating this game in Time for those discussions to be held that's going to be very difficult for most journalists and people in general um but just like I know I'm not going to be free of it anytime soon because of that and also like all the updates it'll get and it's going to be a really big game we all know that but like at least we can talk about it in terms of what's out and you know I don't (laughs) I don't have to deal with like gamers in my mentions being angry because like I saw the private demo of the first private demo of the game, and they're like, "No, you didn't. Like, you don't know anything." Blah blah, and like attacking me for saying like, "Hey, this game is kind of racist." But
0: <laughs> well. On the topic of uh, stopping talking about Cyberpunk 2077. Let's do that. Let's move on to some of the other news stories we have on here. Uh, We will obviously be keeping our eyes on Cyberpunk, but one game that actually seems like it just has some good news about its development process is Final Fantasy 16, a game that I know is uh, near and dear to your heart. Or series, at least, that's near and dear to your heart.
1: Yes, some might say I am Final Fantasy's hoe. Yeah, so Final Fantasy 16 has been confirmed. Well, not directly, but at least through a Japanese recruitment page uh, that is looking for new staff hires for the team. Um, It said that the game has completed basic development and scenario production on the team. Uh, Quote, we are continuing to create large-scale resources and build boss battles while expanding our various development tools also most of our staff are carrying out their work remotely. Um, So that is wonderful to hear. I mean, we've been hearing that it's been in development for several years now. And I'm like, you know, everyone sort of commented when we first saw the trailer, like it seems pretty far along into development, which is such a welcome change of pace, not just from (laughs) uh, the current events and especially the development of games under the COVID-19 pandemic which is as unpredictable and chaotic as ever but also Square Enix seems to be leaving that sort of um, that decade of just showing things far too early like it was to the point that yesterday uh, I saw a tweet that following the Cyberpunk announcement um someone was like I don't want to hear about Square Enix being the master of delays ever again. Right. Um and, and I think I think that perception has definitely changed. Um Or well, it's in so the pro- like, we'll, like we'll see how it's the, the, the process actual game of goes like the yeah. game's
0: not out yet. It, it, sure. That might change very significantly depending on how things go. But so far, it seems like it, it is a it is a nice little change of pace. To just like have Square Enix be fucking normal about a Final yeah. Fantasy game for once. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, we're just working on it. It's come it, we're we're making progress and it's going to come out soon. Like yeah. you know, in the, in a year or two. Uh, and it's just like cool. Yeah, Yoshi yeah. P is a guy who can ship a goddamn game, as it turns yeah. out.
1: Absolutely. I I hope he is getting sleep these days. Um, Speaking of Yoshi P, Naoki Yoshida, who is also the director of Final Fantasy XIV, that game also has a little bit of news. So the next patch will come out in early December, um, the next story patch for Final Fantasy XIV, which means that it will be the first patch building up to the next expansion the last story patch saw the end of Shadowbringers, and now we'll be making the transition into the next expansion um which i have heard exciting <laughs> things about um we don't know exactly when in december it'll be released but it will be in early december um there is going to be so much coming with this patch i mean there's going to be main quest scenario additions but there will also be um it'll be a new level 80 dungeon called matoya's relict which yeah. makes me really excited because it seems like we'll be going back to Idolshire and we're seeing americ so we're gonna go back to <laughs> just ishgard in general <laughs> we're gonna see him again yes
0: I'll be very Anyways. excited to. I gotta catch up on that on that shit. I haven't played Final Fantasy fourteen you in so long. Do. Been...
1: Oh, I haven't played either.
0: Yeah, it's you, like you it's
1: just uh, it's a good game to sort of play and then just do other things and then come back to it when. There's really good story material. They've even said that,
0: like the developers themselves have said, they will build the game with that in mind. That it's a, it's not a game you're supposed to play like every single day of your life. It's a game that they want you to come back, check out the new content, play for as long afterwards as you like, uh, as much as you can get out of it. And then if you want to step away and come back later, that's up to you. Like, yeah, that's it's a refreshing way to handle an online live game like that, which most games don't. Instead, they pack themselves full of like kind of very annoying, meaningless, bound daily bounties and and you know fetch quests and stuff like that to chase this treadmill of loot and stuff like that um speaking of which marvel's avengers uh <laughs> has moved the marvel's <laughs> avengers uh playstation 5 and xbox series x and s launched to next year outside of the consoles respective november 12th and november 10 release windows the first deal see character kate bishop has also been delayed. She was supposed to come out in October. Uh, yeah,
1: and that's that's just. Um, I mean, I always yeah. think of the piece that you wrote um, reviewing the game, which was basically like the single player campaign was excellent, and yeah. you will see. Like, I think every critic sort of praised that but at the same time it was like a the loot the end game content it's just not compelling and it's really evident in the popularity and sales of the game because NPD group reported that it was the best selling game in September which points to a massive amount of interest by one that hasn't Stayed because a month after release, the game had an average of 2,000 PC players a day. And that is. Yeah, on
0: Steam for sure. Yeah,
1: at least on Steam. And that is no bueno. That is not good and i i empathize with the developers i mean releasing this kind of game in the middle of the covid-19 pandemic again these <laughs> delays are super understandable even if they're unfortunate um but it, it, they've had a troubling a troubling launch and a troubling go at it and um it's yeah. I'll
0: say this. I'm just looking at Steam charts right now. Um, You know, it's not peak hours. We're recording this like in mid-afternoon on a weekday. So not at all peak yeah. hours. Um, but right now, uh, as of 11 minutes ago, there were 1,257 players on PC- on Steam for Marvel's Avengers. Um, yeah. A game that does not have crossplay, uh, which is worth noting. Uh, I think they've said that crossplay is coming later or cross progression maybe. I'm actually not 100% mm-hmm. sure because that exclusive Spider-Man character thing, which that's still not out and that seems to be still up in the air like who knows if that's even coming out on time when it's supposed to um but uh all-time peak was twenty eight thousand. uh other people have been reporting that the game has been having like the the player counts are so low now that they were actually having trouble like matchmaking into into missions which is rough like i don't know boy um I don't know how you come back from that. I mean, the the way I would think that you come back from that is you put out a uh, next gen version of that game or like a, like a polished up version that runs well for the new consoles when people are hungry for new content and they're not doing that. They've pushed that back um, no. to what is it? I don't think you said uh, here and there. No, no, they yeah they're
1: they're just twenty twenty one twenty twenty one. Cool. Yep. And that's, that's unfortunate. Um, a lot of comparisons have been made to Anthem. And oh, people yeah. are saying, sure. you know, maybe they should just take it to the back burner, just work on it, refine it, polish it, um, make something new out of it, and, you know, return with that eventually. I, I think Marvel's Avengers still might have a little bit of hope. I don't think it's quite at Anthem's level yet, but... Um,
0: I think it's, it burned out way faster than Anthem but like less spectacularly. Anthem yes. Anthem felt like a a long slow disaster whereas Marvel's Avengers just kind of feels like it came and went very quickly and it was just like, like oh yeah sure.
1: like a like when ripping off a band-aid sort of
0: yeah for sure yeah. and it was like you know uh, and, and much like ripping off a band aid it was like painless like that that single player campaign is fun it's just like there's no incentive to keep playing after that point. I mean this is I don't know if this is the people's chief problem with that game. They they put out a bunch of patches. they they've been working on this game. They put out some mm-hmm. balanced stuff that changed some things around and made it so that you didn't have to go speak to individual vendors to go pick up bounties and stuff. Um, but like one of my chief problems with that game is that if I'm playing a loot game, I want my loot to look different. I want, I I don't want to buy individual costumes that are all like pre-approved and decided upon and separate from, from my loot. Like the, I don't just care about the numbers going up. I want the, I want that stuff to be tied to like a visual design and then to be able to, mess around and play with what that design looks like. I want to be able to match these gloves to this mask, to this skirt, to this boot, you know, like whatever. And mm-hmm. Marvel's Avengers does not have that. So like that loot grind when all that there basically is in the end game of that game, is just grinding for, to raise the number and for better loot. Cause there's not really much of an end game activity in there right now. Uh, I don't have that. All I can do is just like get more currency to buy different costumes that I can swap in and out. But there's no there's no personal expression in that. There's no creativity yeah. like in Monster Hunter or Destiny, even and other stuff like that. And it's just that's at the end of the day. That is what burns me out on that game past yeah. um, the campaign. Hi, Ramba. You just jumped on my desk, huh? <laughs> Ramba my cat of- Ramba is very upset about uh, how Kamala Khan was treated in the marketing for oh, Avengers. He will not stand for this.
1: Absolutely. What personal aesthetic do you go for with your loot? Is there like a specific one that you would say?
0: Not really. I like to kind of uh, mess around and dabble. I like to, oftentimes in loot games, I will find like a specific piece that I really like to base an entire look around. And then I will mm-hmm. I will swap out other pieces around that. Like in Monster Hunter, if there's like a top I really like, I will try to like find like what's a cool aesthetic that I can create around this specific jacket or something.
1: Mm, a coolness factor yeah
0: exactly like in monster hunter recently i had like um uh, they they put in like this kind of uh monster hunter does this universal studios japan crossover thing where previously they did it so that you had to go to universal studios japan to get like a special ticket uh and then you would Ooh. redeem that code for like a mission in game that would give you this um special armor that made Ooh. you look like kind of a cool anime samurai kind of character Mm-hmm. And uh, this year, because of COVID, Universal Studios Japan is closed, so <laughs> they didn't do that. They just made it available to everyone, and mm. in in that case, I got like this cool kind of like. Um, samurai wrap like this kind of like bottom bottom half of a robe or whatever and then I tried to basically make my character around that look and I like gave her kind of like a a chest wrapping that kind of made her look like a five-star gacha character samurai (laughs) lady (laughs) um that I liked a lot that was a good look that I had for a little while uh there's like a cool metal wolf mask in that game now and I built like a couple of looks around that you know stuff like that um what I tend to like
1: I like, the, I like the, I like the thoughty looks. It's empowering if I do it. Like, oh, yeah. just give me the, give me the thoughty outfits, give me the tools. Don't force my character into them, but let me choose them. Exactly, that's em- that's, that's empowerment, baby. Exactly. Like, I just walk around a Final Fantasy 14 with booty shorts and like a top barely covering my titties. And I'm just like, yeah, oh my God, Amorick. I'm like, on my way to see you. What's up?
0: I mean, yeah, to I be clear, it. that's pretty much exactly what I was getting at with my whole <laughs> Stargacha character. Just like, again, yeah. If that's my only option, then then I don't care. But if yes. I get to do it, yeah, of
1: course, exactly. of course it's, I'm going to do that. That's empowering. That is
0: self-expression.
1: Uh, let's see what other hmm. okay. That's so the biggest
0: stuff. We got some small things yeah, here. We yeah, we have
1: some small. Well, I, I think uh, another big game that we could cover, I guess, is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is I,
0: honestly, <laughs> until I saw this <laughs> thing in here, I forgot that was a game that existed.
1: I I forgot too, but thankfully, um, with the help of RPG Site, a wonderful site uh, with filled with RPG news that many of my friends work on, and including my. Myself, that I have worked on there, um, I was able to remember that this is a game that is coming out. Um, not a knock on the game, there's just so many things happening. I have,
0: I have loved Assassin's Creed games in the past. <laughs> I've not loved every Assassin's Creed game I've ever played, but I really liked Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, I really liked Assassin's Creed 4. Uh, I have liked other Assassin's Creed games considerably less. Uh, I have but the never last-
1: played an Assassin's Creed game. Oh really? I'm such a fake gamer.
0: <laughs> no, you are absolutely not. Like the only games.
1: one that I was remotely interested in was um remind me the one with the bisexual brother.
0: <sighs> bisexual brother. <laughs>
1: It also had like, like it was, it was siblings and well, the lady a was a hot. with
0: siblings is the thing.
1: The lady was hot. Assassin's Creed bisexuality. Yes. Yeah, um, right, it right. was a hot lady and her brother who I remember was bisexual and well, it in, came in, out after unity.
0: Where, where was it?
1: I think it came out after assassin's creed unity. Um,
0: it's syndicate maybe. Yes. Yes. Syndicate. Yes. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I never played as Jacob in that one. So I didn't know Jacob was bisexual, but I know what's Apparently his name. Is. Cause in, cause in, uh, assassin's creed syndicate, the it's like the two it's a brother-sister that you can switch between at any time, and then in Odyssey it's a brother-sister that you pick one at the start and then you're locked into them. Yeah. Um yeah. and that one has like semi-romance options, but not yeah. really. And then also they force the if you pick them female character in the DLC for the story, they force you to enter a relationship with a dude. Um
1: Yeah. Remember when that was wasn't that the game that won the the GLAD sure awards? Did. Yeah. Sure did. Um <laughs> Well, let's hope that Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which will be released on November 10th, uh, takes up that mantle a little better.
0: I mean, they've been uh, doing such a good job so far by uh, <laughs> trying to hide the fact that there's even a female char- playable character in that game whatsoever. Yep, um, yeah. uh, um, Ubisoft has been incredibly um, in, a, in an incredibly positive light in the news recently about like tr- all year. Uh, treatment of female employees.
1: Racism, and- sexual harassment. Yeah, sexual like lib- like- it's just the, like really positive experts. Stuff. Yeah. Just, um, you know, that fascism and they, they put out that was-
0: fucking, Hey, remember when they put out that fucking like video and said, uh, we don't have time to splice in an apology video thing for this fucking stream, but we'll definitely yeah. edit it into the archive. Um, and then remember how they said that and then they never actually even did that. They never edited yep. it into that archive.
1: I mean, they never did. Wow. Uh, It's
0: just fucking just playing all the hits over there lately. Yeah, and it doesn't seem this game to be existed. getting
1: better as well because uh today the embargo for Watch Dogs Legion uh went up and the reviews for that game are not favorable. Um there's a lot of um really great conversations happening uh about the game's depiction of resistance and um freedom and liberty and uh social justice. Um I really recommend Austin Walker's just Any article of his, but his review of Watch Dogs Legion uh, over at Waypoint slash Vice Games is a great read.
0: I have it open in a tab here to read after I'm done with this. Yes,
1: it's a great read. Um, But yeah, so Assassin's Creed Valhalla will be releasing on November 10th. We already have a a post-launch roadmap that was announced during October. Uh, The season pass is $39.99. It will bring the Legend of Beowulf quest and will contain two expansions. One is called The Wrath of the Druids, which will take the player to journey to Ireland and unravel the mysteries of an ancient and mysterious druidic cult, uh, diving into Gaelic myths and folklores, and you'll need to fight your way through haunted forests and dazzling landscapes while gaining influence among Gaelic kings. And the second expansion will be the Siege of Paris, which will have you uh, have the chance that you've always wanted to have of reliving the most ambitious battle in Viking history, with key historical figures of war-torn Francia. Um, Players will infiltrate the fortified city of Paris and the river scene under a prolonged siege, where it will allow you to uncover enemy secrets and form strategic alliances to safeguard their clan's future. Uh, The post-launch free content will be split up into four seasons, with the first releasing in December, the second will be releasing in March, and the third and fourth ones are to be determined and talked about later Later on, each one will bring new settlements, new traditional uh, traditional Viking festival, a new game mode, uh, new player skills and abilities, weapons and gears and cosmetic items for your settlement, longship, horse and raven. I did not know we had both a horse and a raven. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, birds are a big thing in those games now. They yeah. basically, you have like birds that basically act like drones because every Ubisoft game is like every other Ubisoft game. And then it's just yep. them reskinning it to make sense in whatever setting it's in. So like, you know, in Watch Dogs, you have drones. So in Assassin's Creed, it's like, well, what if you had a telepathic connection with a bird? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> and the far that Far Cry uh, Primal. Remember Far Cry Primal? Remember how that was a game that came out where you it was Caveman <gasps> yeah. Far Cry? Yeah. Um I reviewed that. I beat that game. Um Ooh. I f- couldn't tell you a fucking shit about it, but uh I remember beating <laughs> it. And I remember that you had like a fucking bird drone in that game too that could like drop. I know
1: more about Far Cry discourses than the Far Cry games themselves. I have stayed away from them for the good of my um sanity. Mental and I health, think yeah, I have sure. yeah, I think I have I have done pretty well. Um in that <sighs> regard.
0: God, they're making another one of those too, huh? Yeah,
1: they Forgot are. Uh um, Another thing they're making another game of in a more positive <laughs> light. Yakuza, what a segue. Like, <laughs> what a segue. Um, and this is absolutely your shit, TM. Yakuza Like a Dragon, mm-hmm. November 10. Ah, uh, Good news in the middle of. A lot of not so great news that will be available for Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. The latter yeah. will have the game as a launch title, while the PlayStation 5 version of the game will be released until March 2, 2021. That's a little odd. Uh, yeah. Was there a reason for that? Was there a reason that was given for that?
0: I think it's just like a fucking timed exclusivity sort of deal. Word. I think Microsoft... Paid to money is basically what I think probably Word. happened. I have no idea for sure. That's yeah. not usually something that they do a lot of. So I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, I, it was it was always one, announced really previously it. as like when when in the, all the marketing and stuff like that, it was always announced. This is the Xbox Series X launch title or whatever. So I gotta just assume it's a it's a timed exclusive sort of deal, which is yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the, what the deal is with that, but like I'm probably, I don't really care where I play that game. It does feel a little odd because that has been such a PlayStation franchise for, yeah. you know, since the first game. It was a PlayStation 2 exclusive. The first two were PlayStation, uh, the third and fourth and fifth games are all PlayStation 3 exclusives. Um, they're all part of Game Pass now though. So I bet there's some kind of deals going on there with yeah. uh, Sega around some of that stuff. So For sure. That being said, I don't give a shit. I'm going to play that game no matter where I can get it as long as I can get it as quickly as possible because I fucking love Yakuza. It is so good and everybody should play it.
1: That is one of Steven's main brands, Yakuza. And I, for one... Like I like I said, I have Yakuza Zero, I have Kiwami, but I haven't been able to get to them. But I might just put those on hold because I really want to play this one. Ever since you told me what this one has, like, I, am I remembering combat. it correctly? Like, you can use a frying pan in a battle or something like that. Yeah,
0: it's like so. It's it's a turn-based JRPG because the main character loves Dragon Quest uh in the game in like the game world uh yeah. and so he sees the world as like he sees combat as uh, an rpg so like all of the stuff that you do is like um colored by his um his like imagination in that way so there's like a job system like final fantasy and like um dragon quest where it'll be like uh you're playing the chef class and the chef class like bangs somebody over the fa- face with a frying pan and then like uh, sprinkles pepper <laughs> in their eyes uh, while they're on the ground is like they're finishing move as like those are their spells or that's whatever. so
1: fucking And you
0: have summons and the summons are like you use a fucking uh, gig economy app to uh, order fucking DoorDash and like somebody delivers you a big giant crate full of live crabs. And then the crabs, <laughs> you throw the crabs at the enemy to uh, pinch them in the face and stuff like that. And that's like your yes. fucking move. Uh, That's so good. Yeah, and there's I forget exactly how many classes there are, like seventeen or something like that. You have a whole JRPG <sighs> party, so and each of them can be a different class or like a different job. And They'll yeah, play as a,
1: women now.
0: You can play as women, um, which <sighs> yeah, because five had a female playable character, but not in combat. Uh, five yeah. had five playable characters that you would switch between throughout the game, and in one of those characters was uh, Kiryu's daughter, um, Haruka. Who, what's that? Haruka, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I
1: know my Yakuza shit. Oh,
0: okay. All right. I
1: I know that just because of John on Twitter. He's just always posting Haruka.
0: Really? John? Yeah.
1: Or or like at least not John Warren. Oh. John who used to work there, but has now moved on to 5-4, I believe. Oh, okay. I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um... Yeah, he was a localizer on
0: the team oh, for quite
1: some time, and so yeah, he's he always had the best Yakuza memes.
0: Nice. So yeah, well, yeah, in yeah, in Five, you could you, there was kind of an idol, uh, like a pop star management sim, where you played as her as a um, pop star, basically, and it was like kind of yeah. a, had like a bunch of music uh, rhythm games and stuff in it. It was it was definitely cool, but it wasn't in combat. And Yakuza Zero definitely had like. Women fighters and stuff like that, but you always played as uh Majima and Kiryu and so on and so on. But uh, yeah, in this one, uh, one of your party members is definitely a lady, which is cool. Yeah,
1: um, also apologies, it was eight dash four, not oh, eight <laughs> four, yeah, 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 eight <laughs> four, yeah, really. the famous localizing
0: team, yeah, famous, localization
1: producer/slash senior localization editor, and he is wonderful. Very All good
0: localization right. team for sure. Yeah, games always extremely well localized. Like f- straight up, like their their localizations are incredible.
1: For they sure. are kind of like the benchmark. They have become the benchmark, I would say. For. for- sure. Japanese to English uh, localization. What else do we want to talk about, Stephen? You pick one this time since I did the last segue.
0: I mean, honestly, I think we've hit most of the big stuff that's worth talking about Like a ton. I think there have been some delays. Uh, Bravely Default 2, the third Bravely Default game, was delayed until next year. Um, Temtem is coming out on PlayStation 5 on December 8th. That's that um, Pokemon alternative, yeah. that like kind of hardcore Pokemon game. Yeah, um, that people really seem to like seems cool. Yeah, they do. Still in early access, but it will be on. It'll be on a console finally. Mm. Uh, the Game Bakers has announced uh, its new game Haven will come out on December third, which I just wanted to I'm mention so specifically excited. because um, the Game Bakers made a game called Fury. Uh, yes, years ago. Yes, uh, is which is a completely different style of game. This is apparently built as an RPG uh,
1: slash but, visual novel kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I have been looking forward to this game. Have for you? Okay. Well, I have, yeah. Like, every sort of Nintendo Direct slash, like, gaming event, I was like, okay, are they finally going to give the release day? Are they finally... And it was always, like... 2020. And so many people haven't been anticipating this game. Um, it is about two lovers, K and you, who gave up everything and escaped to a lost planet to fight together. Oh, um, it's a Lost
0: Planet sequel. OK, yeah, I didn't realize so, Capcom was kind of back in the game on that one. All right.
1: So, so you'll be able to glide through mysterious landscapes f- Explore a fragmented world and fight against what's trying to tear apart these two lovers in this RPG adventure about love, rebellion, and freedom. And I mean, I am a total romantic at heart. So this was immediately like, you could play this either solo or co-op with a quote-unquote special someone. I don't have that person, so I'm just going to play it solo. Um, And... Yeah, like, it's so cute. Like, just seeing them in battle, like, they'll help each other up and they're, like, traveling across this beautiful world together. And, like, the visuals are just really lovely. The voice acting is good. Um, I'm seeing it's, like, a... There's going to be an RPG, you know, battle system, but outside of that, it'll function like a visual novel and you'll be able to make choices and whatnot. And I just... I love a good romance. So if this is what... This is what I'll get. You know, that's just RPG, visual novel, romance. That's kind of like my shit to a T. So I have been very excited. And today they announced that it will launch on December 3 for PC on Steam and GOG, as well as PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S slash X, Xbox One and Xbox Game Pass. The Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 versions are curiously set to release until early 2021, I have no idea why, but I am very excited to play this on PC. It looks very beautiful, and I've been anticipating it for a while.
0: I'm I don't know why. I'm just I'm kind of on the fence about it still because I just I mm-hmm. the reason that I'm um, not sure why I'm on the fence about it is that I love the last game that they did or the like mm-hmm. the last big game that I remember uh, Fury uh, from mm-hmm. a few years ago. It was like kind of a Top-down action game, not really uh, uh not really an RPG at all, but it, I think it had the music by like a bunch of different like really good DJs, and I think the character designs were done by the designer from uh, Afro Samurai. And uh had this really cool, like this really cool world. The whole game was like one like long gauntlet of boss fights. Every level was a boss fight, like with these cool bullet hell Whoa. sort of hack and slash things. Where you were a prisoner mm-hmm. in this like space prison that like was this giant tower that led down to the planet, and you had to like fight your way from floor to floor to floor to get to the bottom of the tower. That is
1: radically different. It's radically
0: different. <laughs> it's completely different. But I fucking loved that game. Like Fury is so cool. Um, and people should definitely check it out i feel like it kind of got overlooked when it came out but um that was Mm -hmm. one of my games of that year and yeah i think the fact that this is so radically different has just kind of made me like oh okay like i'm I'm excited to see what this team does next but also like it's not more fury (laughs) and my brain is just (laughs) like i really wish they made a fury sequel (laughs)
1: yeah fast Um, and the furious
0: yeah fast and the furious for the steviest but Unfortunately, no. Uh, well, but I'm sure this game will look this game looks cool, too. So.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to check it out. And that will thankfully be after this like school and final exam slash papers season that I have coming up like December 3. That's just perfect time for me to check out this game, so I will definitely let you know what I think about it. Um, and my taste is wonderful and correct as always. So yeah, yeah, you well, will know.
0: On that note, do we probably want to call it? It's you know, without John here, we should probably make this a little bit shorter. We don't want to burn up too much without um having uh him available to you know make his voice heard. He's been um, yelling into his uh camera, his webcam from the space station this entire time. So I'm sure where he can
1: vote,
0: yeah, where where he can vote from. He can
1: vote from. Well, if anybody was worried about that, John definitely voted
0: from his space station.
1: Yes. Um, Unfortunately, we can't say the same for all communities down here on Earth. Uh, But thankfully, he could vote from space. That is a thing that has been confirmed to be doable. One wonders why that is doable and yet other things.
0: Are not one does wonder. I don't. I can't possibly imagine.
1: Wonders,
0: uh, but one thing that uh, is not a democracy is our favorite RPGs, and that's some of the stuff that we talked about this week on. Another episode of 99 Potions. Thank you all for listening and joining us this week. If you want to uh, follow us, you can find our uh, all our good shows and all our good content because we also have a website called fanbite.com where we post a bunch of written content. Where Natalie, in fact, posts a lot of written content. And Steven! And I do too. I'm trying to write some more stuff and not just edit all the time. I'm, I'm looking for more time for that, uh, especially this I week. I think
1: you, you, you're excused for <laughs> oh, yeah? not writing so much when you're a whole site's managing editor, an editor and a damn good one so i just, just want
0: to do it more though i just want to write more
1: yeah um but you yeah, still you need to write a piece on final fantasy 14's xenos
0: for mm. me Mm-mm-mm. yeah i do don't i i forgot about that, <laughs> yeah, we talked about that.
1: Uh-huh. maybe when you start playing it again
0: yeah that'll be a good time it'll be a good that'll opportunity a
1: good opportunity all but, right. Yeah, you can
0: follow us and uh, learn about that stuff if I do ever post anything on uh, Twitter at, at FanBiteMedia. Natalie, where can people find you?
1: You could find me talking about um, the villain that I prefer in Final Fantasy 14, which is Emmett Selk. Uh, oh, yeah. At- <laughs> I mean, Emmett
0: Selk is, of course, like my go to. It's just the that Xenos was there first. So, you know, it's kind of like a first yeah. love versus my greatest love kind of situation. So.
1: Yeah. I remember one of the first stories you commissioned me back when I wasn't working with FanBite, which was a very short time, but <laughs> like uh, between like when I first talked with Steven and when I got hired. But uh, one of the first people, they commissioned me was, what if Emmett Selk, Hades, was your boyfriend? And that mm-hmm. is still... That's still a piece near and dear to my heart. Uh, Not just because Emmett Salk, but also because it was really fucking scary to write that. I was like, oh, my God, I have to be funny, like funny, (laughs) like the people at Fanbite. That's so scary. And so I cried at one point while writing it.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. i was (laughs) (laughs) so nervous. Thankfully, it's gone well, though. (laughs) You obviously crushed it because it did not take us uh, very fucking long at all to realize that Natalie was somebody we wanted to work with full time. So thank you. So yes. much for putting in that article and putting it Thank all that work, you
1: family. for commissioning me so you can find my writing and my general Twitter thoughts although I'm trying to take Steven's wonderful advice of being <laughs> on Twitter less often <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you've noticed but I'm trying
0: uh, <laughs> it uh, feels good. Yeah. Doesn't it?
1: Yeah, that's does. Hardimicia. Uh, mm. That's heart I am E-C-I-A, where I will hopefully not post too much <laughs> when the elections come around because uh, nobody wants to hear. No, no, nobody wants to see
0: uh, that. God, yeah. Well, I definitely won't be tweeting about that very much on uh, Twitter at, at Strum. You can also follow our wonderful producer who produced this episode and every episode of Ninety Nine Potions uh, at Jordan underscore Mallory on Twitter.
1: And uh, you can follow also our lovely uh, John Warren from Space. He's still tweeting at floppy adult. He's <laughs> tweeting, but he's not on this podcast. Yeah, the quantum so,
0: entanglement drive is uh, sending those tweets down every single uh, yeah, moment. Yeah,
1: tweets are easier to process than audio. <laughs> Apparently, he tells her. <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah, so tweets definitely it. don't take much uh, effort. <laughs> yeah. like, I can fucking speak for that if anybody's ever read my tweets. Oh, uh, God, same. And if you would like to uh, get in touch with us, uh, you can go to podcast at fanbite.com. That's podcast or podcasts because we couldn't keep it straight. So we just uh, registered both. <laughs> email address like, well, It's
1: not the like there are many straights of us here at fanbite, anyways. <sighs> I mean, that we couldn't keep it straight, come up. Yeah, exactly. It's understandable.
0: Everything yeah. goes uh, topsy-turvy. The straight,
1: not us. This has been <laughs> Natalie and Steven.
0: <laughs> you know that the queers can't remember things like email addresses? That's impossible.
1: Absolutely. Uh, but you know what we can remember? Is, is oh. sliding up to the bar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, my God, it's John. John is in the chat. John is there. He hears it. Oh, he he's, hears us. He's, from space. The, he's he. Okay. He literally yeah, <laughs> sent a message. He literally he just said glug 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 right as we're saying.
0: Literally, three. Jesus Christ! But, like this is not a bit. John just messaged us to say bit. what we were all thinking.
1: This is not a fucking bit. Oh my God. Okay. Well, in honor of well, John's
0: uh, impeccable of John's timing, timing. Uh, we should just say so